loves me when I'm happy and everything seems right. He keeps my glad heart singing from morning until night. He gives me blessed assurance when trials lay me low. He guides my wandering footsteps in paths that I should go. What a friend we have in Jesus, my Savior from above. On the cross he sealed my pardon with everlasting love. Oh, how I love to serve him, his grace has set me free. I will sing his praise forever, he's everything to me. My cup is overflowing with love and joy divine. No matter what may happen, his grace is always mine. God's will is ever perfect, he knows what I need best. He satisfies my longings and gives me peace and rest. What a friend I have in Jesus, my Savior from above. On the cross he sealed my pardon with everlasting love. Oh, how I love to serve him, his grace has set me free. I will sing his praise forever, he's everything to me. I go to him for comfort, he promised to be near. His presence brings assurance and drives away all fear. And someday I will see him in glory face to face. I'll praise his name forever and sing of wondrous grace. What a friend we have in Jesus, my Savior from above. On the cross he sealed my pardon with everlasting love. Oh, how I love to serve him. His grace has set me free. I will sing his praise forever. He's everything to me. Well, tonight, again, it's just uh, we're, we're uh, honored to have Brother Diego with us. He has been on the field in Mexico for the last, actually, couple years now. And uh, he went there uh, a while back uh, for, like, somewhat of an internship. And he's been over there helping out now. And uh, basically, he's, he's done with all the internship. They just, uh, he's just a missionary over there in Mexico right now and still trying to identify exactly uh, where he's going to go from here and whether he's going to continue to minister in that area or possibly other areas and uh, just a lot of decisions to make. You're going to be uh, needed to continue to keep him in prayer as he prays and just uh, ask the Lord to give him leadership and direction. But he's been doing a fabulous job down there. He's been working. Uh, he and Brother Brian are working down there together in Zacatecas and uh, just uh, doing a good job and a lot of good things taking place. And so we're excited to have him back. Again, he, he grew up here and... Uh, uh, like he said, it's kind of uh, 
kind of surreal almost, you know, here I am, I'm going to be standing behind the pulpit and preaching and the church that I was raised in, and uh, I'm sure that's exciting, and I'm certainly honored to have him, and uh, we're certainly pleased with how the Lord's used him, and we're excited to see what God's going to do with him in the future. Brother Diego, you come preach for us. There we go. Is that all right there? Well, good evening, everybody. It's so exciting, like you said, to, uh, to come and preach at my own sending church. It's so exciting. Although I, I did tell Pastor that I felt like this is like holy ground. I shouldn't have my shoes on up here. It was a little strange to be standing here behind the pulpit preaching. Uh, I will warn you that tonight I have a 25-point sermon. I'm not joking. There's 25, there's 25 points here. But don't worry. I'm not going to be like my father. We're going we're gonna to finish it. We're going to go through it. We're just going to go through this real quickly here. Because the point of the message tonight, what we're preaching about, what I'm preaching about tonight is going to be, who can God use? And obviously the answer is everybody, right? But who can God use? We're going to look at 25 different examples here real quickly. And we're going to start in 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 2. And I'm going to say a bunch of different verses tonight. We're going to be going through a bunch of different examples. You don't have to feel the need to turn to every one, but if you're taking notes tonight, it might be a good idea to just kind of write these down, and you can go back later and study them. Because obviously with 25 different examples, I'm going to spend about a minute on each one, right? Just to list them real quick and make a point at the end. So right here we have this young girl in 2 Kings 5.2. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. The story of this little maid is that even though she was in captivity, when Naaman was, was obviously showing signs of, of leprosy and he was a sinner, she only had enough courage to just tell him, there's a man in Israel who can help you. She didn't know how to... Possibly she didn't know how to present the gospel of any kind, of any sort of, this is my God, this is who we serve. She didn't know any of that. She knew just enough to say, there's a man in Israel who can help you. And it's because that man's a man of God. And he went and he found him. And because of that, Naaman was cured of his leprosy and learned about the power of God. We don't know how old this girl is. Uh, it says, a little maid. So, I'm, you know, it could be anywhere from the ages of 7 to 14, maybe. Something like that. Young, young girl. And so the point of this first example is that no matter how old you are, you could be a young little girl and you can still testify and God will use you. So who will God use? He'll use a very, very young girl. Doesn't matter to him. He'll still use you. All you have to do is be willing to be used. Number two, a young man can surrender to God like Samuel did. Let's look at 1 Samuel 3, 4. says this, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. The third example, a young widow can follow God like Ruth did. In Ruth 1.16, she says, entreat me not to leave thee. And she says, thy God will be my God. So it doesn't matter your circumstances. And, and in reality, Ruth was probably, before she met her husband, before she decided to follow God, very likely was a pagan woman with her own false gods. So she left all of that, and God used her in a great way. A scared man can become a bold warrior, like Gideon. 
in Judges 6.12. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Now, does anyone know when this was said to him? What was he doing? He was hiding. He was hiding on the threshing floor because they were being attacked. And he was just kind of in a, a safe area. I'm not, not going to call him a, a chicken for hiding in the middle of a war. If I was in the middle of a war, I wouldn't have my head sticking out either. But he was not what I would call a brave man. But what the angel is saying is that if you want to be used of God, he'll use you. He's looking for a man to use. So he'll use a young girl. He'll use a young man. He'll use a widow. He'll use a scared man and turn that scared man into a bold warrior. He'll use a reluctant and rebellious missionary like Jonah. And you, you might say, God used Jonah? I, I didn't say Jonah was a good Christian. I said God used Jonah. God will get glory out of everything. That's his right. If I go and I share the gospel and I'm not walking with God, I'm not walking with God. I may not get the, the, the um, reward for that. I may not get the, um, the benefit in my Christian life that you can get from going and testifying. But... If I share God's word, God's word will not return void. And the reason I put this in there, and I said the same thing in a Spanish class this morning, I hear some people sometimes have this sort of attitude of like, well, I would go soul winning, but I don't really want to. And isn't it really better if I'm authentic? And I, <laughs> I don't want to go and, and not really want to go. Wouldn't it be better if I just stayed home because I have a bad attitude? I say, no, it's better if you fix your attitude and just go soul winning. <laughs> right? But... At least go. Just testify. Just share the word. God will bless it. Amen. You might say, I don't really know what I'm doing. I know just as much as that little girl knows about sewing. Well, she knew enough to share. She knew enough to just say, I can't explain it to him. I don't know how to cure leprosy. I don't know how to get rid of his sins. But I can tell him, there's a man, and I'll take you to him. I'll show you him. Amen. You may not know how to testify. You may not know how to go through your Bible and, and show somebody. And if you don't, take the time to learn that. You know, and, and there's plenty of people here who would love to help you. But you do know how to say, hey, I don't know how to explain Christianity to you, but if you come to my church, there's a man who will teach you. That's right. right? So here we have examples of who God will use. A reluctant and rebellious missionary. God will still get benefit from those people if you just will do what he says. That is as simple as it is. He's not a respecter of persons. A young orphan like Esther can be used to save a nation. An orphan, separated from her family, far from people that she loved and cared about. But because she had a heart to serve God, she was in the right place at the right time. We see in Esther 4.14, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. In other words, if you don't surrender and, and do what God wants for you, God will get somebody else to do it. It just won't be you. This won't be you. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? So with this example, I'd like you to think about, would you like to be the kind of Christian that somebody says, they didn't do much, but others did? It could have been them, but they didn't want to. Or just the kind of Christian that is willing to be used. That's it. God's not looking for perfect. I wouldn't be here a set missionary from the church if God was looking for perfect. Pastor wouldn't be here your preacher. He wouldn't be the, the pastor of the church if God was looking for perfect. If you're waiting until you're perfect to surrender to God, then you're, 
you're never going to surrender to him. God is looking for you to just come and present yourself a living sacrifice. That's it. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your skill level. Because in comparison to God, the most skilled person on the planet is like nothing. So he's just looking for you to be ready and willing to be subservient to him. Completely. God can use an old man and his wife to bring glory to himself. Abraham and Sarah. Bless the whole world with those two people. Because of after a while of disobedience, roughness of their obedience, they weren't perfect people. That's what I'm trying to get across. These, this list of people God used, these are not perfect people. You don't think God could have used um, a healthy 25-year-old couple? I think he was making a point by, by using someone old like that, that he doesn't care about your age. That's not important to him. He, he had them have a child. Wouldn't it have been a lot easier if he just had someone who was healthy and young have a child? Yeah, it would have been for anyone else besides God who nothing is difficult for him. He's only concerned about what gives him the most glory. So that's why he used him. And he'll use you too. He will use an adulterer and uh, a fallen man like David. David was a man after God's own heart, right? But if you look at the story of David and you just break it down into different parts of it and look at it, you say, well, David had a lot of problems. And not not only was he disobedient at times or rebellious against God at times, even with his kids, he made some mistakes raising his own children. God's not looking for a perfect person. Should you strive for perfection? Sure, you should. You should strive to be the best you can be for God. I'm not up here telling you, oh, it's okay that you're a sinner. God will use you anyway. He will. He will use you, but he wants just a willing heart, and he wants you to present yourself to him. That's it. God will use anybody. So God will use all those people, and God will also use a lying harlot who repents, Rahab. He doesn't care. God didn't go, ew, she's probably got all sorts of diseases. She's a horrible woman. She's nasty. He just said, is she willing to follow me? Well, take her in. That's it. And not only did he use her, she's in the line of Christ. (laughs) So it really does not matter to him. You can sit here all the time thinking that you're so much better than other people. Well, I'm not an adulterer. I'm not a harlot. I'm not. Well, you're, you're no better than they are. If they surrender to God, he will see them the same as you. Doesn't matter. God will use a killer to become a leader of God's people. That's Moses. He killed a man. He killed a man and buried him in the sand because he knew it was wrong. And God still used him in such an amazing way miracles and amazing things that happened. And he could, he could possibly have had some sort of speech impediment or something like that. We, we don't know, but he says, oh, I can barely speak, God. At the very least, he was self-conscious about speaking. I don't like speaking in front of people. I don't think very many people do. But if I surrender to God and he says, well, Sunday you're going to be preaching in front of people. Well, here I am. I'll be fine. Do I like it? No. If I lift my hands off, I'll probably be shaken. I don't like talking in front of people. But with God's help, if I just surrender to him, we'll be fine. God will use anybody. He'll use a killer to become the leader of his people. He will use a denier of Christ and change him into a powerful preacher. That's Peter. He preached for Pentecost, but also 
denied Christ three times. What you did in the past does not matter if you surrender to God now. If you go to him now, you still have consequences in your life. I'm not telling you that you won't have consequences for sin. What I'm telling you is God will still use you. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter the title people will give you. There might be some people who would have called him, if you were, in the, if you were living in the same day as Peter, you might have called him, there goes that denier. I wouldn't have done that. God doesn't see him that way. He sees Peter as the preacher who preached on Pentecost and brought a lot of glory to the cause of Christ because he went back to God. He repented. He surrendered. What I'm telling you is it does not matter who you are, God will use you. <clears throat> he will give an unfaithful man a second chance in ministry like Mark. We don't know the full story of what happened with Mark, but if we look in 2 Timothy 4.11, it says, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable for me, uh, to me for the ministry. Before this, they arrived at a location to begin their missions journey, and Mark had been with him and Barnabas, I believe, and he left and went back home. He left them. And, and probably, you know, I've, I've been on missions journeys as the youngest missionary there, and you're the one carrying everything. You're the one doing all that stuff. You're the, the pack mule. Everyone's like, here, you carry this. You're the new guy. They're giving him a hard time. He missed his mommy. I missed my mommy, too, the first time I went on a journey. I was gone a long time. I was far from all my friends. I was, you know, what was me at times? Like, oh, this is rough. Well, he, he went through all that, too, and he decided he had enough. He was going home. Whatever happened, he might have been sick. We don't know. He went back, though. And then later on, he had a different testimony. He had a testimony of someone who was useful in the ministry. And God gave him another chance. And God always will if you have a surrendered heart and you're willing to leave behind those things and go forward for him, he will use you. Doesn't matter who you are. Uh, a willing couple, a willing husband and wife can teach doctrine and be in a class at a church, help a young pastor Get his footing. We're talking about Achilles and Priscilla with Apollo. Apollos. A young husband and wife or an old husband and wife, doesn't matter what they were, this couple was able to be used by God to teach a man. He'll use anybody. They could have found excuses. How many couples in here could find a, a bunch of excuses why they're too busy to teach somebody? I'm sure you could find a million. But they didn't. They were willing to help and teach. So God will use a young girl, a young man, a widow, a scared man, a reluctant and rebellious man, an orphan. He'll use an old man. He'll use an adulterer, a lying harlot, a killer, a denier of Christ, uh, an unfaithful servant who repents, a willing couple. doesn't matter who you are. God will use anybody, absolutely anybody. <clears throat> the reason why I'm preaching this message tonight, and it's so simple, I'm just going through examples, is because... There's so many times where people will come up with some excuse where you say, uh, oh, could you help me in a children's Sunday school? <clears throat> Pardon me. Could you help me in a children's Sunday school? Well, I would, but, um, you know, my children and my own home are, are kind of taking up my life right now, and so I, I can't help. So, okay, that's fine. And then you ask an older person who has no children. Okay. Well, older people, could you help me in a Sunday school? I, I would, but that's really for the younger people, right? Because 
they, they have children, I understand, they have responsibilities, but I'm older, and I don't have the energy for that. So, okay, fine, we'll ask the teenagers. Teenagers, could you help in a Sunday school? They'll all have excuses. Everybody will find a reason why they cannot help. That's what you'll find. And, and I didn't realize how bad it was till now I'm in ministry, and, and we go to look for somebody to help us with stuff, and you almost have to bribe them to serve God. And you're, you're like, good night. I'm trying to help you get a blessing. I'm trying to help you serve God and, and get closer to God. And it's like I have to, to just beg people to come and help sometimes. And that's how it is. And sometimes I think in our pride, we, we put ourselves as, as some sort of, oh, I'm so much of this kind of thing that God wouldn't use me. You wouldn't believe the stuff that I did in the past. God wouldn't use me. God used all these people. And more, there's more examples of, of chiefest of sinners is what is referred to. Right? He used him. He used um, Josiah. Josiah was eight years old. Eight years old, and he used him to bring a whole nation back to God. Your age, your circumstances of life, that is just that. It is not what God sees when he looks at you. He sees if you're willing or if you're rebellious. That's it. That's how he sees a Christian. Are you going to be willing or are you going to be rebellious? That's it. God can use a brave woman to lead others, like Deborah, when somebody won't step up. I'm not talking about a woman being a pastor. I'm talking about a woman who's willing to lead others in the right way. A woman who's willing to lead others to be following the path of Christ, like Deborah did. A lot of times, also, I've noticed that because men are, are pastors and are in most positions of authority, that sometimes women will just let them do it all and just kind of try to step back a little bit, don't want to step on anybody's toes. And here we see examples in the Bible where there's plenty of times where a woman has stepped up to be a leader, and if it's done correctly, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. A God will use anybody. He doesn't care. God can change a scorned woman with loose morals into a saved woman with a desire to testify, like the Samaritan. Five husbands wasn't well-liked in her village. We, we would assume she wasn't well-liked by any of the women in the village either because she was there drawing water alone. And from what I understand, usually people would go kind of as a group to chat, gossip, or have a good time and draw the water together. She was there alone. She's kind of rejected, not well-liked probably. God used her anyway. He's only looking for somebody willing. That's it. That's it. <clears throat> God can turn a demon-possessed man into a preacher. That's the maniac of Gadara. We know that story in Luke 8, 39. Return to thine own house, shew how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. Luke 8, 39. So in one week, he took a naked, deranged, wild-haired, demon-possessed man, and in that same week, that same day, he became a preacher addressed, articulate, calm preacher who shared the gospel. You can't tell me that God won't use you if you're sitting here with the Spirit of God in you already, and you're not demon-possessed. You're clothed. You're mostly in your right mind, I assume. You look like it, right? And you're going to tell me, oh, God wouldn't use me. God wouldn't use me. He'd use a, a naked, crazy maniac, demon-possessed with a thousand demons, but he wouldn't use me. This is, this is the truth. If, if you don't think God would use you, or you think God is not ever going to use you, or you think you're not used of God right now, 
it's probably that you don't want to be. You don't want it's it's uncomfortable to be used by God sometimes. Like I said, I don't want to be here in front of everybody talking. I don't like the sound of my own voice. Nobody does. I don't like to be up in front of people talking. But if this is how God wants to use me today, okay. I hope tomorrow I'm not in front of a bunch of people. Right? But today I am. And so I'll preach. That's what he wants me to do. Wherever God puts you, whatever he has for you, just do it. You got to have a willing spirit, though. This, this guy was going from demon-possessed to a preacher. We have a hard time going from occasionally attending the services to attending every time. <laughs> that, that's a big step for some people. That's hard. People don't want to even do that. What I'm saying is, if you're willing to be used, he'll use you. That's it. As a matter of if you're young, old, handsome, ugly, uh, woman, man, bald, hairy, he doesn't care what you are, a maniac, a calm person, a faithful Christian, a Christian who's just learning how to be a Christian, a new Christian, an old Christian, all of these things, an orphan, rebellious, uh, a killer who's repented, he will use you if you surrender and reject all that and serve him. God will use a depressed man if he just follows him. That's Elijah. In 1 Kings 19, 4, we see Elijah asking God to take his life. I, I almost would even call him suicidal, but he wasn't going to do it himself. That's why I was deciding which word to use. I'd say he's severely depressed, at least. Severely. He didn't even want to live anymore. But later on, we see so many good things that God does with Elijah. God can use a lying, fighting womanizer who repents. That's Samson. And once again, am I saying that Samson is a good example of a Christian? I'm not. I'm saying that if we want to be used by God, and that's really our desire of our heart, God will use us. He will. There's still going to be consequences for your sin. I'm not saying that it's not. What I'm telling you is that God will use you. God can use a hospitable mother who's worried and is a prayer warrior to bring about a miracle. This is who I'm talking about, the mother of John Mark. In Acts 12, 12, when, when they're in the prison and they're there and the door's open and he goes to the house of the mother of John Mark, everybody's there praying in her house. This is what I think happened. I think when, when this bad thing happened that they got thrown in jail, this woman or somebody around her said, we need to pray Everybody come to the house of the mother of John Mark. It's reasonable. I don't know if it was her or somebody else. Either she was hospitable enough to offer her house to somebody who suggested we need to pray, or she was the one who suggested, everybody come to my house and we're going to pray because this is important. Either way, this simple act led to a miracle. This little thing that she said, there's a big thing happening. I can't do much. I'm not the pastor. I'm not a leader in the church necessarily. But I'm a good woman who has a house, and I'll invite everyone to my house, and we'll just pray and see what God does. And boy, did they see. Just because of the actions of a woman like this, who said, I can't do a whole bunch of things, but I can invite some people to my house to pray because I'm kind of worried about what's happening. Wouldn't that be great if we had people doing that? God will use you if you want to be used. But 
you know, the thing is, everybody leaving the house, and they leave their cups everywhere, and I just clean my carpet, and, uh, well, they can pray somewhere else, and I'll pray in my house. I'll pray, but she went a little further than just praying herself. She got a group of people together to pray. I imagine she probably wasn't very relaxed, having a huge group of people from the church in her house praying. She was stressed enough already, and on top of that, have a bunch of guests at her house. She was probably cleaning up all night from all these people. But you know what? They saw a miracle. It was worth it. God will use you if you want to be used. <clears throat> God will use a very old woman is what I had written down. Very old. It says she's widowed for 84 years. This is the woman who was at the temple waiting when Jesus came. In Luke 2, 37 and 38, it says, And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years. Now, I'm not sure here if it's saying she was 84, but what I think is what it's saying is she's been widowed for 84 years. And so she's like 100? I don't know. Old. She's old. And this is what it says she did. Which departed not from the temple. So she was faithful, right? She never missed, never missed a day. But served God with fastings and prayers night and day. What a testimony. 100 years old. Something like that old lady. And she didn't care. She might have been with a, with a pole trying to work her way up the steps of the temple every morning. And then if she came into the morning service and she couldn't make it to the evening service because it's too, many, it's too much of a trip, she's the kind of person that would just say, well, I'll just stay then until the evening service because it's too much work for me to go back and forth. That's how faithful she was to the house of God. She didn't want to be anywhere else when the doors were open. In fact, when the doors weren't open, She's the kind of person who would want to stay there. It says day and night, day and night. I, I'd like to think that I'm faithful to the church, but I've never asked pastor, pastor, could I stay in the church overnight to pray? I've never done that. I'm not at that level. This lady was so faithful just because she was there and was willing to be used. It says, and she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. What does that mean? She was soul winning. <laughs> This 100-year-old lady was testifying. Jesus is coming. Jesus, the Messiah, is here. And, and he's going he's gonna to get rid of our sins. He's going to establish the kingdom. Whatever she was saying to these people, she was testifying of Jesus. I'm saying it doesn't matter how old she is. She's like 100 years old. And she was in the church faithfully, wanted to be used of God, a testimony impeccable, absolutely impeccable. doesn't matter who you are. The oldest to the youngest, God will use you if you just want to be used. Here's another one. This is Lydia, a female business owner. Lots of responsibilities. It says she has a family. It specifically says that. So she has a family. She has a business. She has responsibilities. She has finances. I don't know if she had multiple stores. I don't know if she was only just selling to other people. Point is, she had a lot of responsibilities and things she could have used as an excuse. She could have said... Thank you so much for the gospel. I'll donate to the church. I'll be faithful to the church. But I can't do much besides that. I'm very busy. And people probably would have understood. Oh, that's Lydia. She's busy. She's got her own business. She's got employees. She's got servants in her big house. She's rich. She's got things to do. She's got a family. She's got a husband, maybe. All of these things going on. And this is what she says in Acts 16, 15. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, this is when she went out and looked for us. 
If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. She made herself available to the man of God and went out of her way to be a blessing to him. Went out of her way. She went and looked beside us and saying, hey, before you go, if you're looking for a place to stay, God has blessed me by being a business owner and I have a lot of responsibilities. But what I can do for you is if you're looking for a place to stay, why don't you come to my house? You can stay there. We'll get you something to eat. We'll let you stay the night there. What a blessing. Just with a small little thing that maybe seemed like a small thing to her, it's recorded in Scripture forever. Because it was a big deal. It's a big deal. And you won't know how big of a deal it is, maybe, personally, if you're in a church like this, but if, if you've never had to go and take a trip all the way across the country and not have anywhere to stay in somebody's house. Well, that's exhausting. Going for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And you just, you say, I wish I knew somebody here in this state. I could, <laughs> I could stop by their house. But that was Lydia. She was ready. She was willing. Just willing to be used. That's it. Didn't matter what she was. She was willing to be used. A godly grandmother can set an example that guides a family for generations to come. That's Lois, Eunice, Timothy. It doesn't say anything about grandpa or dad. It says dad was a Greek. It doesn't say he was a Christian. He could have been, I guess, but I don't think so. Timothy was looking at the example of his grandma and his mom. And because of the little things that they did, like be faithful to the church, have a good testimony, teach him about the scriptures, and just being willing to be used, Timothy ended up being a a very bright young preacher, used of God in such an amazing way. Because of the little things, just surrendering. That's it. Just surrender, and God will use you. And then the last example, almost, wrapping up here. God will use a brave, calm-headed woman like Abigail, in spite of how her husband feels about God and his man. It doesn't matter what her husband thinks about the man of God or about God, because Abigail's husband, Nabal, where is that, Nabal? I believe so. He was kind of a dirty rat, (laughs) you know? Oh, you can protect my fields and my flocks. And then when you come and ask for a little compensation, well, I didn't ask you to do that. That's kind of basically, well, you know, deal with it. Sorry, not my business. And David was getting ready to go and just wipe them all out. He was, gonna, she was, he was just going to take everybody out. And this woman was used of God to bravely go up to the king, the rightful king, and say, my husband made a mistake. I'm sorry. We want to be used of God. We want to be a blessing to you. And I want to serve and, and be a blessing to the man of God, even if my husband doesn't really like the man of God, doesn't really like God himself. He's not a godly man. I won't use that as an excuse to not serve God. I'll still serve him myself. That's what she said. She said, I don't care if my husband doesn't love God. I do. But I've seen a lot of the opposite. Down in Mexico sometimes, the wife will say, well, my husband doesn't like to go to church. And I say, oh, does he say you can't go? If he said you can't go, well, that's different. We've got to talk about something different. That's what we understand. No, he just doesn't like to go, and so since he's not with us, we don't go. Even if only one of you is serving God, it's better than none of you. Maybe you can bring him in. Maybe you can bring your other half into the church and get him to serve. Just surrender. It doesn't matter if only half of your house is surrendered. At least you're surrendered. Just worry about you surrendering, and God will do the rest. I don't want to spoil the story. It didn't work out too, too well for her husband. But I will say that God can work a miracle in the life of anybody. 
no matter how stubborn they are, if you pray and you're consistent and you really want to serve God and you make yourself available to serve God, who knows what he'll do? Nobody. <clears throat> Finally, the last example is Numbers 22. Numbers 22, we see that if all of these things, a young girl, a, a young man, a widow, um, an old man, an old lady, all of these things, a demon-possessed man, a lying person, um, all of these things that could be seen as almost a hindrance. And you still say, well, God can't use me. In Numbers 22, he used a donkey. A donkey. Okay? And this is, this is kind of the point of the message here. If you can be more obedient than a donkey... God will use you. That is it. That's the, that's the point of the message tonight. All, that's all God asks of you. If you can be less stubborn than a donkey, just long enough to do something for God, he'll use you. The problem is, less stubborn than a donkey doesn't describe a lot of people sometimes. The problem is a lot of Christians are more stubborn than a donkey. They want to do their own thing, their own way, their own time, and they want to do it loud, and they want to make sure everybody knows and they want to make sure that if they have to do something that you want them to do, they're not happy about it, and they're doing you a great service by doing it. That's, that's as stubborn as a donkey. That's what that is. You, you're asked to do a simple thing. You, you ask a donkey to do a simple thing if it doesn't want to do it. If you ask it to have it move from one tied-up post to the other tied-up post, if it prefers to stay there, you'll know about it all day. They have them down in Mexico. It's so annoying. Early in the morning, five in the morning, braying as loud as you can possibly imagine, screaming about nothing, stubborn animals, you know, and the donkeys, and they're only happy when they're doing what they want to do. Stubborn. They are stubborn. It's not just a stereotype. What I'm telling you is as a Christian, it doesn't matter if you're a young girl, a young boy, a widow, uh, a scared man, if you're an orphan, if you're an old man, if you're a fallen man, an adulterer, if you're a lying harlot, if you're a killer, if you're a denier of Christ, if you're a person who's failed in a ministry before, if you're a person who's, who's just a willing couple, but you don't, you don't know what God has for you, if you're a brave woman who's willing to lead others, but you don't know what God has for you, you're just willing to surrender, if you're somebody who would be described as a scorned person with loose morals, we don't know. God can do something amazing with us. A depressed person, a demon-possessed man. I don't think we have anybody that's in that bad of straits in this room. A demon-possessed man with a thousand demons living in him. Unsaved. Crazy. If God can use all of these people, a lying, fighting womanizer, an old lady, anybody, anybody you can think of, you can find an example, God will use them. Right? If you are not being used of God as a Christian, it's only because you don't want to be. Because you're not willing. That's it. You're not yielded to him. If you look at your life and you say, I really feel like I'm not doing much for God. Well, you, you probably are right if you feel that way. It could be true. Who knows? It could be true. that Maybe you're not doing a lot for him. But if you feel that, that's a good thing. It means you do have a desire to do something for him. So do it. <laughs> Come up here tonight at the altar. Not just in your seat. If you can make it to the altar, that'd be great. Do, do it at the altar. Show him that you're serious. Come up and, and ask him. 
I want to be used of God. I want to be used by you. I'm willing, so can you use me? And I guarantee you he's going to use you. This is an analogy I've used before, that if the Christian life is a war, and you want to be used of God and you ask him, he's going to use you. Because imagine if we're in the middle of a huge war, and you're an able-bodied young man, and you just poke your head into a recruiting office and say, I'd really like to be used in a, in a valuable way in, to serve my country. Anyway, have a good day. You won't take half a step before they're chasing you down. Oh, well, if you, sir, if you want to be used in a valuable way, write this way. They will find something for you to do. In, in a real serious war, real serious war, you'll see cripples driving trucks. You'll see blind people packing ammunition. They'll find a job for you because it's a war. It's an all-out war. It's not just a conflict, a discussion. It's an all-out war where everybody has a job to do. Every single person from the oldest to the youngest has a job to do. Everybody. So if you were to look at your Christian life, and if I said, what's the job you do in your Christian life for Jesus Christ? And you'd say, well, no, I, don't, I don't really think I'm... Well, do you give glory to him? Well, you know, I show up at church on Sunday. So, well, do you give glory to him at least? That's, that's a job you could say I do that. Some people can't even say that. All I'm saying is, Surrender to him. That's it. Surrender to him. 1 Corinthians 6.20, For you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If you're here tonight and you call yourself a Christian, which I think is a majority of people here, if you'd say, I'm a Christian, then that means you're saying, my goal is or should be to glorify God. That's what you're saying. That I'm on the way to heaven, and my goal is or should be to glorify God. If, if it is to glorify God, and that's what you're doing, great, keep doing it. And if you say, my goal should be to glorify God, but that's not what I'm doing, well, today is your day to make that right. Today is your day to come up and think about it and say, Lord, you're willing to use all these people. I may be worse than some of these people or a little better off than some of these people. The point is, it doesn't matter to God. He'll use you. He'll use anybody. He used a donkey. In the New Testament, it says, if you didn't cry out and praise me, the rocks would cry out. Which means God's willing to use a rock. If you're more obedient than a donkey, and you can listen at least as well as a rock, God will use you. That is all there is to it. Because he's not using you based on your worthiness. You're never going to be worthy to serve God. The angels in the presence of God cannot show their face. If they're not worthy to be in his presence, you will not be. You just won't be. What you can do is be willing. You will not be worthy, but you can be willing. That's the point of the message tonight. You cannot be worthy, but you can be willing. That's it. If you're here tonight and you would consider yourself not a Christian, you don't know what I'm talking about maybe, or you would say, I can't submit to a God that I don't even know personally. Well, then tonight during the altar call, during the end of the service, you can come up and you can talk to one of the workers here and they'll explain how you can know for sure that you're on your way to heaven. And I will also say, if this is something that you've doubted in the past or in the present, the devil might give you doubts, okay? It could, it could be that the devil give you doubts, but the devil won't tell you to get saved. He doesn't do that. If you feel that in your heart, that's God. Okay, so that's, that's something that, that helped me when I was having doubts when I was younger. 
Don't think, oh, I'm having doubts. It's because the devil's tricking me. If you feel someone telling you to get saved, the devil does not want you to get saved. He's not telling you that. Somebody else is. Okay, so if you're a Christian here tonight, take the time to examine your heart and see if you're really surrendered. And if you're not, take the time to come forward and talk to us about it. If you could bow your heads and, and uh, get ready to pray and talk about this in the altar call. Go ahead and bow your heads and we'll have pastor come up here in a minute. Let me just pray real quick. Father, I ask that as we go about our altar call this evening and we have our moment to just reflect on what we talked about today, that you'd help the Christians that are here tonight to, to really examine their hearts and think about if they are if they are serving you and they are surrendered completely, and if there's somebody here tonight that isn't 100% sure that they're following you, that you'd give them the courage to step out and come up and talk to somebody. That you would help those Christians, like I said, to really examine their hearts and think, if God can use anybody, absolutely anybody, does that include me? And it does. God will use absolutely anybody. Let's just take a moment and and pray and think about that.